Hello, I'm Jason Walsh, and you're listening to Digital Insights, the podcast of The Interface. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. Evolve. Joining us today is Phil Moss, who is the Chief Technology Officer for Procurement for Housing, a technology leader with over 20 years experience working in project management, software engineering and infrastructure. Phil also spent 10 years working in the aerospace sector, providing MRP software leading projects around scheduling, integration and mobile before moving into procurement. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Okay, so I'm uh, CTO of PFH and I have about 20 years in software development. The last 10 of that has very much been working in and around procurement solutions, leading teams to develop purchase-to-pay solutions, category management solutions, and business intelligence. And the 10 years prior to that uh, was really involved in software development again, but this time in the aerospace sector. Quite a big move from there to the construction and housing sector. I think it was, but there's a lot of similarities there. And the key differences that I can see are largely in and around the, the connectivity in the supply chain. Mm. I think that within manufacturing and aerospace, even 10 years ago, that was far more evolved than we necessarily see today within the, the construction side. But it's interesting because I can see sort of so many places where actually the same patterns are occurring within construction that we saw in aerospace. Yeah, well, I think construction doesn't have a reputation for being particularly high-tech outside of the architectural engineering side with things like BIM and so on. But I think there have been moves in recent years toward automating things like uh, payments to subcontractors and so on and smoothing out the the technology. I mean, is that the same with procurement, that it's an industry that's ready to be digitized and revolutionized? I think absolutely it is. and I I think you you can see the demand for that. When you look at, at, at things like the need to manage your contractors, It's all about getting more information, creating more transparency and more visibility. All of that comes down to having the data to enable those processes. In your experience, what do you think are the key factors holding back these sectors when it comes to smart procurement? I think it really comes down to sort of the data side of things, transparency, integration with the supply chain. The public sector, particularly rules around procurement, has always meant a strong emphasis on the tendering stage. But often that onward contract management is overlooked. And I think really the the sort of the key to really getting more for smart procurement is very much around sort of the data side of things and being able to understand what goes on and, and to be able to analyze it. I think smart procurement is one of those terms that it can mean a great many things to uh, to different people. But for me, it's all about really how you either control the procurement process using digitized techniques or how you collect and shape that data really to to allow better decision making, whether that comes through making the operational side of things more efficient or enabling visibility and clarity that enables a better strategy. Where do you think they should be looking for inspiration? I think that there's a great many other sectors who have really led the field when it comes to smart procurement. And I think that that's because really the, those other sectors have been 
guess, so pressurised from a cost perspective and the need to compete. And those sectors really have been things like manufacturing or retail. I think when you look at retail and, and you look at, at sort of the, the cuts out nature of it and I guess the volume side of things, those supply chains, in order to enable the businesses to compete, have had to become highly integrated to make them sort of operationally very efficient. But also they have tended to focus very much on the collection of data to enable better procurement and to inform the supply chain, whether that's data coming from integration to enable procurement professionals to understand or to make clear what schedules so that materials are provided on a just-in-time basis and manufacturers and suppliers can prepare and plan through to really the other side in terms of being or having to provide much more granular information about those products to the purchasers. But isn't it the case that in the kind of the retail environment, because of things like just-in-time supply chains, that they're more used to dealing with the kind of e-procurement methodology? Yes, I think digitization and technology has played a far, far bigger part in those sectors and has been far more adopted than it has in perhaps in some of the other sectors. And it's just a given that they will employ those technologies. And I guess that they've reached a point of maturity. I also think those sectors, particularly the retail sector, they've had new entrants come in who have started really with being very much technology driven. And I think that that's pushed everybody else to really have to follow that. And I think that the size of of some of the organizations involved there has enabled them to really put a lot in to the sort of the analytics, the business intelligence side of things, make major investments and perhaps pick up some technologies at the time when they started with them, haven't really been particularly mature and they needed almost a small army of data scientists and BI professionals to be able to really make the best use of those things. Whereas I think today we're sort of reaping the benefits of those sectors that have sort of charged ahead where some of that technology has has reached a more mature stage and is far easier as a result to be adopted in sectors that perhaps don't have the same sort of funds to invest to be able to get the best out of it. So I think in the retail sector, the benefits of data have been quite clear. People are able to follow supply chains from manufacturing through distribution right through now to shelf edge. So that's obviously a a fairly clear trajectory. Um, But how has Procurement for Housing been making use of data analytics within its own processes? Okay, so we've really been investing in data warehousing and business intelligence to help us understand what our members are buying and to be able to really analyze those transactions to enable both a new member joining to have a view of how much they could could potentially save by becoming a a member of PFH and joining those procurement frameworks. The data to allow the member to see the continued savings that they make by being a member and the data to enable our professional services teams to be able to not just sustain those those members as part of the framework, but to be able to analyze the spend and offer services such as value engineering. So a key example of that is if we know the types of products our members are buying through the frameworks, we can see where they, the potential is there, where maybe they're not buying the, the products that offer the most value for money. 
So we can do value engineering work using that data to understand what like products are. So some of the work that we've been doing that help underpin those sorts of services, um, an example of that would be the work that we've recently done with the University of Liverpool. We started a knowledge transfer partnership with them um, in and around machine learning. And one of the things that we we needed to do was be able to be able to categorize the transactions that come through to us. So the vast number of transactions that come through every every year or every month, and that represents about two hundred million pounds worth of spend each year. So one of the things that we wanted to do was categorize those transactions as they come through with a product taxonomy. So a product taxonomy is a bit like an upturned tree. Well, you stay, you start at the top level and maybe you go four levels down that gets us maybe to bathrooms, products, to baths, to plastic bath panel. And if you can collect all the transactions for one of our members that represent those transactions for an electric shower, for a plastic bath, for a particular type of taps, you can then enable the value engineering work to suggest what the, the alternative products are that we have on our catalogs. And so it becomes more than just plugging in and getting value for money in that the prices are tightly controlled by our category managers, but also the analysis of what's being bought to understand that they are the right products. Is this kind of focus on the information, the data that is encoded in the transactions and, and the products, is that important for making this appealing as to people who are effectively professionals engaged in professional services and might be expected to be somewhat reluctant to get involved in what they might see as a, a dehumanized or automated process? I think that you've got to be very careful with the digitization and the introduction of some of these. The, the example I provided in and around applying a product taxonomy and using machine learning to do that. When you start to talk about machine learning and artificial intelligence, people become a little bit worried that perhaps they're the sorts of things that start to replace them. Whereas I don't see it like that. I see really the application of things like machine learning and artificial intelligence as creating the space for the procurement professional to do more and to be more effective. It's about providing better data, better information to enable their decision-making, and perhaps where it's automation, automating some of the, I guess, the more administrative work and enabling then the value add, such as these value engineering or creating the space for things like value engineering. What are your predictions then for the key procurement technologies for the future of the sector? I think it's largely going to be in and around use of the data and more tightly integrated supply chains. I think like the, 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 sort of the data analysis side of things and the maturity of tools in that sector, when it comes to integration, I think people have, have generally seen tightly integrate or tight integration of the supply chain as something that is, high, is, is quite complex. But I think that there's lots of tools out there that as integration becomes more mature, that are making it far more plug and play. So to integrate with a particular supplier or a particular customer doesn't necessarily require months of some developers working on it. Um, there are tools out there on the market that sort of act as inter- an integration hub between those common sort of ERP type solutions out there. Um, and I think that plug and play side of things is going to be an enabler. So do you think procurement is an area that is particularly ready for this kind of revolutionizing? I think it is, absolutely. I think when you look at the, the, or the, the needs out there to be able to purchase 
efficiently. Supply chains become ever more complex. And I think data sits at very much at the heart of being able to make good decisions. So for me, it's about real integration and it's about collecting the right sort of attribute information about the products that you're buying uh, to be make informed decisions. And I think when we look particularly in, I guess, in the in construction sector where you've got things going on like Grenfell, it's absolutely essential that for the materials that, that you're putting in to these properties, that you know the various attributes about them so that you understand what you've put in to those projects, what's used both to make the decisions in the first place about whether the products you're using has the right sort of compliant um, attributes about them. And then once those products are in, understanding and, and managing those assets going forward, knowing what you've delivered to site, what you've put into, into those properties. And I think that stands whether we're talking about construction or we're talking about other sectors of procurement, understanding the supply chain, understanding what those products are made up of is absolutely essential. So I think there's two sides. One is this understanding about what, what the products are so that you're able to report and quickly pull together what it is, where it came from, what it's composed of. And then secondly, being able to procure those goods efficiently uh, with an efficient supply chain and to be able to make the right purchasing decision in the first place. And I think it it's moved away from sort of spot buyers here, there, and it's all about automation and it's about enabling people within the procurement sphere to have the information at their fingertips to be able to make the decisions. So you hear lots of fear about technology taking over. For me, it's not about automating people out of the procurement process. It's about enabling the people within the procurement process to have to be able to make better decisions and to deliver the value add. Yeah. When it comes to things like, you know, all of these digital transformations, it's, it's fundamentally people talk about unlocking the value in data or data, which is to say to turn data into information. But when it comes to the products in the supply chain, where does the initial data come from? I mean, is this, you know, are you collecting it from your previous works? Is this information you can get in from the suppliers? I mean, what's the ultimate source when you've got a blank slate and you're starting with a new system? I think for ourselves in delivering the PFH frameworks, it's been very much a case of collecting that data, both from our suppliers and the manufacturers of those products, so that we start to collect a rich array of information. And in some respects, it's, it's about us sitting down up front and deciding what information is it that's going to be useful to what we're trying to achieve and creating something of a plan for, for getting that information and getting consistency across the different suppliers we pull that information in for. There's, there's no point collecting information for the sake of it, but we've been quite robust in what information we need um, in terms of catalogue information that we store against our frameworks and what's provided against the transactions themselves. We don't require a ton of information about the transaction, but what we do want to be able to do is as we stuck information from our transactional systems about what's been purchased from by our members, we want to be able to tightly marry that up with our catalogue information to be able to get that extra attribute information against all of those products. The other side of things there for us is very much a case of what can we then do to make more of that information? So I think one of the 
Another example that we have is, is where we, we categorize those different products in our catalogs. Each of the products that we have on catalog, we have the reference numbers from the supplier, we have the reference numbers from the manufacturer. We can equate the same product across different suppliers, but we want to be able to go far further than that. And that's being able to have a strong product taxonomy that allows us to categorize those products and identify the like products. Um, having that puts us in a position to be able to do the value engineering, to be able to say, okay, what's our spend as a whole on that particular category of product? We don't care where it's coming from, which particular model it is. But if we can understand the whole picture of what we're spending, we can understand the different prices from the different suppliers, which members purchase it at what price. We, we can use that to an awful lot with value engineering. Now, I mean, in terms of the, the technology being deployed, you've spoken about integration. So I assume that we're talking here about integrating with existing ERP and CRM systems rather than completely replacing everything. But there must be some new technology being brought into the mix. Absolutely. For ourselves, we use an ERP system at the heart of everything for transaction processing. And we also have catalog solutions for storing all of the different catalogs of products that are available to our members, which contains that richness of information about the products and allows us to sort of analyze those transactions that are happening out there in the wild with actually what we set up for our members. So almost price checking, ensuring that all that time and effort spent into getting the right deals is actually taking place out there in the wild. But for us, it's not just about those systems. Those systems manage processes, collect the information. But for us, where we go with that is we pull that information off into a data warehouse. So using tools such as Microsoft SQL Server, and on top of that, a layer uh, that's the reporting layer, things like Microsoft Power BI, we're able to bring that information from those different disparate systems. So it could be our catalog solutions, it could be our transaction solutions, but it could also be some public data sets that are out, out there in the wild that we pull into that same pot that we mix with the information we've got in there to derive more from the data in the warehouse and then we report on it. From the point of view of your members, this is presumably something that they can sort of take advantage of as a service. But do they have to work hard to integrate this into their existing systems or is there a kind of hand-holding that can be done through that? No, for us, the integration side of things has really sat with the suppliers and we've reached out to an integration specialist who can help our suppliers and, and actually has sort of a number of different templates for the common systems out there. But I think when you look at the wider market, integrations become simpler and simpler. I think there was a time where you would have viewed it as a complex thing to put in. But I think there's tools out there, certainly some of the things I've seen like Jitterbit and were absolutely fantastic. You see these tools where it's almost an integration hub where there's a standard for Microsoft Now for a CRM system. And as they build up more and more of those standard integrations into that hub, if the system that you have is already there, then it's simply a case of plugging into that. So I think there's a lot more options now available for people that make integration easier. I think even with some of the more SaaS solutions out there and things like that, that you tend to find a lot of sort of process automation tools and things like that that help you integrate those with other tools, whether it's within your environment or whether it's integrating you with another party. Okay, thank you for being with us. Okay, thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Digital Insight Podcast in association with TheInterface.net and CPOStrategy.com. The Digital Insight is brought to you by B2E Media Limited. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to check out our podcast archive at www.b2e-media.com slash podcast.